Conrad, happy Barbenheimer Eve Eve. Barbenheimer, that sounds like a Bavarian dish of which I'm unfamiliar. It is not. It is coming up in two days. It is the release of Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day. Will you be the first one in line? I will probably not be the first one in line. I will be very tired from having watched the kickoff of the Women's World Cup. Uh That's going to be my media consumption is watching women's soccer for the next two weeks. One of my favorite things. Tell me, are you going to Barbie or Oppenheimer? Neither. I'm probably not going to any movies this weekend. But I have to say, there's a lot of uh, philosophical interest in Oppenheimer. And I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. But... The biggest doubleheader in blockbusters, perhaps since Ghostbusters versus Gremlins in 1984, or Blade Runner versus The Thing in 1982. I'm assuming you Googled that. This is not just at the top of your mind. You are not a <laughs> cinemaphile? Well, I, want, I thought maybe I would do one that you might be more familiar with. Because oh, you know. I'm old? Wow. <laughs> right. How very ageist of you. By the way, this is Barbie, which is we grew up in the 80s with Barbie. True. Well, aside from watching Barbenheimer, what are we talking about today? So as usual, we are hitting the news, a great news segment, and then some really, really good pieces. We're going to talk about the proliferation, the mad proliferation, maybe faster than legal marketing agencies. We have legal coaching companies. So we're going to talk about legal coaching, and then we're going to go over local lawyer Sam Bernstein and all of his gas. Money makes the world go round. Money makes the world go round. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice. Here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. We have got a solid show for you today. But first, Gee, let's do some news. Gee, you are very up on what's going on in the legal marketing world. Fast Case 50. Share what's going on with the Fast Case 50. Well, Fastcase does its uh, annual honoring of 50 legal visionaries, not just marketing, but legal technology, probably some overlap with marketing. But I always think if you're, you know, if you're a lawyer, we talk about this and you're up on tech, I think it's important to know who some of the folks are who are leading the way and uh, following that. And, you know, a lot of the historical honorees have been people who have, you know, created technology that become big players in legal. So I would encourage folks to check that out. Gee, have you ever been a fast case 50? I have not. Uh, I am I not, have not that either. important. And I'm not that innovative or visionary. Maybe this is our, like, this is Guy and Conrad supplicating to Fast Case to consider us for the 2024 Fast Case 50. I'm joking. We, we would got never put do. on the, yeah, we got in the band list. We after got this, blacklisted so. for pandering. I hope they blacklist people for pandering. Well, I would be honored if we got blacklisted because that would mean maybe someone over a Fast Case actually listened to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. How about that? All right. We'll find out in the comments. All right. So, Guy. Last time on Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, Threads had just launched. You had to school me on what Threads was because I had just come back from a week in the Idaho wilderness. It made a big splash, especially among the digital marketing group. What's happened since then? 
Predictably, I might add. Threads is dead. It died. <laughs> no, I mean, we talked about this last time, but, you know, look, it's no surprise when you got so many users as Meta does, you can get people's attention, launch a new app, but this um, kind of uh, rise in, I wouldn't say it's a fall, but uh, a rise in a dip, people are tired of, like, there's too much. There's too much stuff on your phone. Like, how, how can't we all just agree on one app, uh, one app to rule them all? Wow. Mark Zuckerberg would like to talk to you, Guy. Well, I wouldn't want, that would not be my, Meta would not be my choice. Oh, okay. What's your pick? One app to rule them all. What's your choice? How's this for a tangent? That is an interesting question. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I just want one. I don't want to have to go to all these different places. In two weeks, tune in to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing for the app launched by Conrad and Guy to rule them all. I would just, <laughs> all you need is the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing YouTube channel. That's all I need. There we go. Okay. All right. And finally, Noda, previous sponsor of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. They've just done a deal with maybe the kookiest bar in the country, the Florida State Bar. Key, what is Noda doing with the Florida Bar? The Florida Bar is giving every member of the Florida Bar a free IOLTA Trust account. Uh, I think it's super cool. There's a whole bunch of stories in there to me, but I think the big one is, is like, you know, as you mentioned, you think you called, what did you call them, kooky over in Florida? Kooky. But a great effort, a great member benefit. And, you know, if Barso's, to me, Barso's engines want to continue to be relevant, give members stuff they need. Like, oh, I don't know, IOLTA accounts. Great idea. So I like it. I like it too. So if you are in the state bar listening to us, think about following Florida. I never thought Absolutely. I would say that sentence ever. But there we are. It's a first. When we come back, Guy and I are going to talk about Lawyer coaching and the proliferation of the coaching model. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. So, Guy, there has been a massive push on this concept of coaching. Now, it's not a new thing. Coaching's been around for a very long time, although we've seen this proliferation of coaching and everyone being an influencer. I'd love to talk through why you think coaching has been so kind of rampant recently. And then I believe you're going to share with us a bit of cynicism towards the end of this segment about coaching, which is not really coaching, but in the guise of something else. 
Well, I love coaching. What is coaching, right? I was actually, I was a high school football coach for, I actually miss coaching high school football. One of my favorite things to do and giving back because it meant so much to me. But what do we mean? When you ask me about coaching, what are you talking about? So I think we're we're definitely not talking about your glory days. The older you get, the better you were. I'm sure that is the case for many of us. But in the context of legal, I think one of the things that has happened, and we ta- we've talked about this, and this ta- is talked about repeatedly among the legal industry, is what an absolutely piss poor job the law schools do at teaching lawyers how to run the business of a law firm. That just doesn't exist. I've done segments on from lawyer to CEO. We've done lots of conversations about how to run your business. And, you know, nature hates a vacuum. And in pops a bunch of people that have been successful in the practice of law, teaching others how to be successful in the business of law. And I think that's very, very valuable. I think many lawyers, many doctors, I mean, it happens in the, in, in the medical industry too. You learn that profession but you don't learn how to be a professional. How? Wow, that was kind of quippy, but I liked it. Well, and not every so, lawyer is a business owner either, by the way. And they don't need to be, right? And not every lawyer needs to be a business owner. And so the law school, in, in defense of the law schools, perhaps that is okay. Having said that, many of you are lawyers first and business owners second when you should really be thinking more on the business owner side. You know, Ben Glass has been doing this for a long time. How to Manage a Small Law Firm uh, has kind of a cult following, and they've been providing this service for a long time. Chris Video has moved. I mean, it's no longer Chris Video. It is Crisp. And they have moved very aggressively into... So they do video, but they that is a part of their business. The majority of their business is in the coaching. And they've... Interestingly, this is a bit of an aside, but they have really kind of reined in the number of people that they are serving. Create scarcity. Create scarcity. So can you talk about that? What has Crisp done uh, on the scarcity side and also why? Well, I think you know more of the details about it than I do, but they're limiting the number of uh, lawyers they're taking in. And so, you know, you feel like if you're, if you got, there's only one seat left, might encourage someone to want to take advantage of that opportunity as opposed to unlimited seats. Like, oh, maybe someday I'll get to it. Yeah, so literally they've gone from filling the Dallas Cowboys stadium to constraining who they're actually working with. It's a very good way of limiting your, you know, we talk about the right client. The right client for Crisp isn't all law firms, right? And so they've done that by this kind of scarcity model. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. But again, they're focused on coaching people through running the business of the law firm. And they do that through some really, really great speakers and coaches. I believe their coaching model, they take, older, very experienced executives outside of the legal industry and have those people acting as coaches for law firms, right? And Lawyers, so it's, it's Lawyers kind of, Lab, and I think they've got lab coaching now with Affinity, so they're, I think they do some coaching. Yep. Lots of Charlie coaches. Mann. Charlie, Charlie Mann, Mann recently went out with, a, I believe it's called Law Firm Alchemy, which is very much a business consulting. He under the tutelage of, of Ben Glass, spent a long time with uh, at Ben Glass Law, and then I believe Great Legal Marketing. So he's he's launched up. But the, the coaching is, I, you know, I I see this as a very positive thing. There are a lot of lessons that can be learned. You know, this this is kind of an extension, a more formalized extension of the masterminds. Um, it Strategic is a, a coach Dan service. Kennedy. Dan Kennedy, right? So there's there's lots of of opportunities at this point in time 
to sharpen the saw on your business skills. And that is provided through coaching. And that, it makes me happy because, you know, I, I don't have a JD, I have an MBA. And so you should be a makes, coach. I think I would be in, in the same way you talked about being a football coach. I was a terrible coach. I Would you coach? <laughs> I've coached all sorts. I, 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 I've done the soccer thing. Like lots of parents, I've done the soccer thing. I also coach skiing. I, I don't think I transition well to, especially with kids. You know, I tend to push my kids pretty, my personal kids pretty hard, and I don't understand kids who don't respond to that. So, I've left a lot of kids on a slope in tears. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. But you know, when we were talking about this in the show preps. You had kind of a cynical take on some of the coaching. And I think there is the great business coaching, but where do you start to get weary, not weary, maybe weary as well, weary and wary about coaching? What do you think is the kind of dark underside of coaching? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's uh, maybe not limited to coaching, so to speak. And maybe it's like the, because it's, because it's so hot right now, right? Coaching's so hot. But you see, there are... You know, a lot of this value stuff on the coaching is also in the eye of the coachee and what their expectations are and all that yada, yada, yada stuff. But so I don't, I'm not like trying to like talk trash about coaching. I think coaching is tremendously valuable. I've participated in business coaching as a, as a coachee and, um, or mentee or, you know, however you want, coaching. whatever term, whatever coach type term you want to use to learn from coaches. Coaches are great. You know, I was thinking about this. I think we talked about it before in like conference context, but you know, I just I see some of these more veteran firms who are like, you know, they see the coaching model and they're like, you know, that looks pretty good. And so they're like, you know, I've got young new lawyers look up to me because I'm, you know, I've got my multi million dollar law firm and throw that in my Facebook ad and say, hey, you can turn into me with some coaching from my firm. All you got to do is pay to participate in the coaching thing. Oh, and by the way, we're also happy to take your referrals. And so ah. I get a little bit concerned, I suppose, about these lawyers that, you know, and, and again, this is just my viewpoint. I'm sure they're I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're in one of these coaching programs and you're like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to your firm and you love your coach and you happily pay twice as much for it. But I think you got to be mindful and, and kind of take stock on like, the dream of being this type of firm and then, you know, what the coaching program is actually doing to support you. Right. So like, you know, sometimes in some of these coaching programs, it's just a pep text, right? You're getting a pep, not just a pep text, but you're getting a pep text. Now, what's I a don't pep wanna, text? You know, Hey, get out there and do a great job today and be productive and prioritize your most important tasks and think about your positioning today. And, you know, and I, I don't want to diminish the value of that for some folks. You know, some folks, that that's great. That's helpful. <laughs> Dude, if that's helpful, right. you don't belong running a firm. Let's be honest. You're so kind. You're being kind. I don't want to diminish the value. What? Let me re reframe this for what Guy's really thinking. If you're the kind of person that is going to be successful because you get a text in the morning from someone that is the same exact text that 250 other law firms get, you're probably not going to be successful. That's what I think. Means. I think that the the most constructive way that I would advise is is you know have a conversation about being aligned on what the objectives. Are. I mean, the same thing we talk about digital marketing agencies. Like, what's success look like, right? Like, talk about what success looks like when you're in these programs. 
I don't know. I, I feel like this has turned into, it wasn't intended to be a bash session on coaching. I mean, I think some of these coaches are, they are transformative. I mean, you're, yep. if you're in an environment, they own masterminds, right? You're seeing the inside behind how firms work. You know, I've, I've participated in them myself and, uh, you know, I've been to some of these legal masterminds and they can be great. I don't know. I see, it must be the Facebook ads. The Facebook ads are driving me nuts, you know? Zero to two million dollars in revenue in the next three months. Sign up for our coaching program. See how we did it. Mm. I don't know. This is seeming very negative. I don't know. So let me let me put a positive yeah. spin on this. I my take is if your coaching is going to expose you to the running of the business that you don't even think about, there's huge value in that. There's huge value because otherwise you're going to learn everyone else's lessons that they've already learned your own hard, expensive way. And coaching and masterminds being a, a, a less formal version of coaching, great way to avoid the mistakes that others have already paid so dearly to learn. Absolutely. And then the other side of that coin is don't expect that you're going to be able to copy the playbook of another law firm and it's going to work the same way. And in fact, ah. I think I think that's part of my problem is, is that a lot of these coaching programs, they are structured as frameworks. And so, you know, my marketing mind is like, well, this isn't going to help you stand out because you're, yeah. you're literally trying to recreate this other firm that already exists. Like, that's not how it works. Step one, generate multi-million dollar fee that you can invest in marketing over the next 10 years. <laughs> right. Just like I did. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do a discussion on the value, or otherwise, of giving away free gas. So as if you're a longtime listener of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, you know that periodically we love to reflect on Lunch Hour Legal Marketing sentiment, whether it's reviews or comments on our YouTube page, and we do love hearing from you. So please do go to those places and let us know what you think and send us show ideas. I, today... I wanted to share a story of gratitude. I was on a webinar for, I'll give the plug to Answering Legal. Uh, they did a summer boot camp webinar and had some um, excellent panelists. And I was very humbled and surprised and touched that my fellow panelists, at least some of them, were also Lunch Hour Legal Marketing listeners. So how fun was that and how cool is that? And so thank you to those folks for making my day. And as I said, please do let us know what you think. We love to hear from listeners, whether it's on your podcast app, YouTube channel, or where else. I know Conrad's big on TikTok these days, so check out Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on TikTok too. Thanks so much. All right. Now we want to talk about free gas. So in a local Southeast Michigan law firm, the Bernstein Law Firm, we came across this very interesting, it was originally, I saw it on LinkedIn. They're doing a free gas giveaway. Why don't we go ahead and play the video clip so folks can hear what's going on. The Sam Bernstein Law Firm is giving away free gas. To find out where, like and follow the Sam Bernstein Law Firm on social media. We'll announce the location today. So if you didn't catch that, what the firm's doing is, they're going to go to a gas station in their community and give away free gas. But in order to find out where they're doing it, you got to follow them on social media because they're going to reveal the location on social media. Conrad, what do you think about this idea from a marketing standpoint? So there's a couple elements to this, and I'm going to start with bad and then we'll go to good. 
when I first saw this, it felt like the business objective here was to, as they said, grow their like and follower count. And my concern in something that is so focused around that as the objective is that there's very limited genuine engagement, right? That is a very difficult thing to actually push. And and when you're just chasing likes and follows, like this is going to cost them, you know, I'm guessing roughly $20,000. Um, and this is a fairly spendy way to actually go about doing that. How did you come up with $20,000? Uh, well, 100, 100 gas tanks. Oh, is that, I didn't see, is it, it's 100 gas yeah, tanks? Yeah, 100 gas tanks, 100 bucks a pop, and then I'm putting in $10,000 behind the, and this is, this is important, the very aggressive PR and advertising spend that they put behind this. So one of the things, and this, this is part of what I think they're doing right here, and, and we talked about this before, you cannot do a build it and they will come concept with social media. And I think many, many, many agencies and most lawyers miss this. You spend so much time generating the content and none of the time or money promoting that content. They are clearly promoting the crap out of this, right? So this is showing up as boosted posts. I think we can show later on, this is, this is showing up on multiple local TV stations, multiple radio stations. And I, I don't know this, but I suspect there is money involved in the in the acquisition of that media, if that's earned or bought. Don't know, but so I'm pulling twenty grand as a very rough number. It is probably north of that, to be honest. As I go through these things, got it. Also, it's a pretty unengaged group, right? Yeah, I want free stuff, so I'm going to sign up for this thing, right? Like, there's lots of things that people sign up for to get free stuff, but it doesn't necessarily build like. I really like you, Sam Bernstein, because you're giving away free stuff. And if this is a one-off, it's an expensive one-off. So you might say, find a way to do something like this that maybe has a little bit more affinity built into it. So, and, and by the way, just so you know, they're a very well-known, prestigious firm, great lawyers in Southeast Michigan, They've been doing marketing and, and branding for a long time. In fact, we've talked about them before, I believe. You know, they have billboards that are just 1-800 and a picture uh, originally of, of Sam. I, I don't know if Sam's still active in the firm or not, but um, his it's a family firm. The kids have taken over and so there's a picture of them. And like, that's the brand that they built. So it's certainly not a one-off. This isn't like, and, and I think it's important for people that are listening to this, like, you know, Guy and Conrad aren't like, go buy free gas cards for people and then you're going to, you know, coach your way to success. That's right. But, um, but let me give you a couple other sides of this coin. And I agree with you on the engagement stuff, right? Like this particular campaign isn't going to increase engagement, but it may just grow followers. And followers, if you combine this with other marketing stuff, other good works you're doing in your community, your charity work, and, and you're posting that on social media, those posts are likely to get engaged. So I don't want to speak for them, but I think that the goal here might be like, hey, yeah, look, we're giving away some gas. As you mentioned, whether it's paid or not, it got tons of media attention, a ton of links. So I, you know, I don't know how you feel about links these days, but they do help for SEO still, from what I've heard from some people. And they're growing the awareness from a campaign, right? It's free gas. It's not a very sticky thing to your point. You know, gas prices have been fluctuating. So, you know, I think gas is top of mind for people, especially commuters or people that run businesses. You know, people are sensitive to gas prices. I don't know what it's like up in Seattle, but around here, there's a lot of, I've heard there's a lot of chatter about gas prices. So I think there's that. But the big thing for me is, is that 
you're not trying to do this because like people are going to like fall in love with gas, but following and then finding ways to like get those people to engage with other social media posts, I do think is pretty creative. And, and not to mention that when you're a firm like theirs, you know, when you're Coke and Pepsi, you know, your incremental brand stuff, it gets a little bit more tricky, right? This isn't, they're not trying to get their first client. They're trying to get their 900 millionth client. Anyway. Yeah, I, so my, I think the thing that just bothers me on this, let, let's, I'm, let's use a round number of $20,000. There's no affinity. People do not have an affinity for a commodity. Let me stop you one second. You know what's a yeah. better way to think about this than just $20,000? What percentage of their marketing budget is this? Microcosm, right? Right. That's right. I th- that's an important point though, because you when you say twenty thousand dollars and you're kind of emphatic about it, you seem to be implying that that's a pretty big spend for this campaign. No, what I'm implying is that that twenty thousand. What what what? Not even implying. The point I want to make is that that twenty thousand dollars, and I you know this. I am a big believer in trying to build affinity. Right. I like you, and it's hard to like someone just because they're giving away a commodity. Right. Right. I would much rather see them. I'm pulling this this out of the air. You spend the twenty thousand dollars sponsoring the turkey trot, and you use the the money to get in front of runners. Right. And so now, I, now, now there's an affinity. Everyone and buys they do gas. that stuff too. So that my point being, that stuff is much more impactful than this very wide net for which no like no one's like. I love cheap gas. Like, like, and I think no one so this is this is great. I love this because that's true. Now, out of the consumers in the state of Michigan, yeah, how many of them are passionate about the turkey trot versus how many need gas? A hundred percent. So, I get your point on this. I just, I would rather distribute that money across things that people are genuinely into, whether it's church dogs, open spaces, saving the historical houses of Detroit, I would rather see it spent on something that is not, I I keep coming back to the concept, like no one cares about gas. I mean, everyone cares about gas, but no one has an affinity because of that. And so I want to see this, I just want to see it used to make people like, I like that Sam Bernstein guy because he cares about stuff that I care about. Totally. And, and again, I think that they would say the same thing. To me, when I reflect on this, and I, this didn't even dawn on me when we were talking about this in the pre-show, but one of the points I think is that's important here is, is that they're in a different phase of their branding and marketing. You know, this is certainly not the first thing you should do as a new law firm, right? Yes. There are much better ways to spend dollars, to attract attention, I agree with you that affinity is more valuable than awareness, but it's the incrementality. I mean, this is why people do display ads because there's only so many turkey trots. You know, let's go back to what we talked about this top, right? So you're like, what are you into, right? That's what you're going to have the best affinity in is the thing that you're passionate about. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you're very passionate about historic buildings in your community, or you're just you know passionate about you know bringing the community back, whatever it is. And you're going to get, you know, David Meerman Scott, you're going to get your super fans from that, right? You're going to get the people who are super, they're like, you're the firm that does that. You know, um, we talk about Ken in Chicago and they love Chicago food and they're all about the food. They're in the food groups. People are sharing the food. Um, and, you know, and, you know, just as a side note, maybe that's a good idea for Ken. It'd be buy somebody uh, an app at their favorite Chicago restaurant or something. Might be a corollary and you're kind of combining these these two ideas. But 
the other side of the coin is, is like when you're at a different phase of your growth, you want to go bigger. You know, you want to be in everybody's feed. Now, ideally, you'd be in everybody's feed for the thing that everybody loves. But the problem is everybody doesn't love the same stuff. Anyway. Okay. I thought it was an interesting, it's an interesting thing that when I was thinking about this, because I agree with you. And I wouldn't be like, you know, your first $20,000. But if this represents 1% of your marketing budget, then I would like to measure that versus the reach. You know, you might, we don't love talking about reach, but in this context, you know, when you get to that size, your reach and your, you know, share of voice, it does matter. You're making the argument that at scale, brand awareness is actually more economical than brand affinity. Uh, maybe that's what I'm saying. I was going to say valuable. I was like, no, not valuable, because I agree with you on the, on the value. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying, maybe it's more of a reflection on just like a different place in your growth evolution. Because you know, again, it's the same thing with TV, right? Like, you know, we're always poo-pooing TV's super expensive and what is, there's no affinity there and blah, blah, blah. But, but guess what? These folks on TV, like people are calling the vanity number. They're calling 222, 22, 22, sure. because it's in their head. And the gas uh, giveaways uh, uh, in yep. people's heads. And, Here we and, are and talking awareness about is it. effective. Awareness is effective, right? I just like affinity more. I, I'm going to come back to you. I want you to answer this question, but I'll answer it first. Yes. I'll give you a, a, a moment to think on your feet. If you were to share one idea to reach a local audience, right? One tactical trick, quip, whatever it might be, to reach a local audience, what would that be? I'm going to give you mine because this just popped up in my calendar this morning. And it is to, prior to the holiday season, so we're now looking at the November, December time, can you identify and profile, if you want to take the Christmas Christian version of this, you could do the 12 days of Christmas. There's the Hanukkah version of this as well. Can you profile 12 different businesses, local businesses, that you can support to have consumers make their purchases at in order to support the local economy? Right. And the trick is, if you start in November, you're not going to have enough time to pull this together, which is why it was on my calendar for this year. But can you grab 12 businesses and one after another, you know, December 1 through 12, encourage people to go to those businesses to put their money back into the Detroit economy instead of into Jeff Bezos's latest space exploration plans? That is a very great way to build affinity and awareness among the local community. Now, if I'm Bernstein and I've got that budget, what I do is I go to the local TV affiliates and I ask them to let me profile my 12 favorite local businesses on television. That's how I would spend that money differently. Sorry, that just hit me, but that's how I would do it differently. All right, no, I'll I, shut up. I, I love that. You know what you made me think of is um, Brooks Derrick, Derrick Law Office, that he does a lawyer, his friends, and food, right? So he just goes around and interviews local restaurateurs, small businesses. And, yep. and but again, you know what? The thing that, and it doesn't even have to be a holiday thing. I don't, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't even forget about the holiday. I mean, holiday's sure. great, but you can do this all the time. And to me, and this is why I think this is, you know, your cake and eat it too in some ways in this example, because guess what? Everybody's got to eat, right? And so that to me, makes me think about everybody's got to get gas. So you're opening the audience up from a, it's not just the turkey trot here. You know, you've got, you can hit, you can hit the vegan restaurants, you can hit the steak places, you can hit the pizza joints, you can hit the uh, local bars. It's local, which I think is super, super important. 
Yep. You know, it's a goodwill, small business story, right? Because you're highlighting, you know, having these folks tell their stories. And of course, you'll get some of that network effect that Bernstein's trying to get because people will actually engage with this stuff because those restaurants will also want to share the story and share the videos and, and their subscribers will, you know, when people are checking in, people probably, they should be you know, promoting that at their businesses. So, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that, but when you asked me the question, my initial reaction was build partnerships with local businesses in a variety of different ways. That's what, that's what I was going to say. But I think that as you told yours, it became even better because I, I do think that to optimize it, do both, right? Find those intersections of affinity and reach. I think that's the message. Okay. Where can you do both? Not everybody turkey trots, but everybody's got to eat. And everybody's right. got to get gas, even though it's a commodity. Okay. Anyway, I love this segment. And I think folks are listening. We anticipate doing more of these kind of uh, breakdowns of lawyer marketing campaigns. And so if you've got examples for us, please do send them. Yes. You can hashtag us LHLM or you can call Conrad's cell phone number, which is just kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, like these, these are the, and, and by the way, we can, we can look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Or the great, the bad, and the ugly. Very happy to have our perspectives, our drive-by perspectives on what people are doing. So Conrad, what was the goosh for this episode? <laughs> for another day. With that, dear listeners, we I thought we were going to sadly... get through this without you saying goosh. How I could not. I mean, you know, it's all we talked about. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned. Maybe we'll do an episode on Goosh. Watch the shorts when Guy admits he was not listening to the pre-production meeting and did not know what the goosh was on YouTube. And with that, dear listener and dear subscribers, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you're new to the show, please do feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. Follow the hashtag LHLM on all of your social media apps. I don't know if we're on threads, but is anybody? Uh, I know Conrad's on Clubhouse. Until next time, Conrad and Gee out. Lunch hour legal marketing. Clubhouse or die. It's the next big thing, everybody. You heard it here first. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, Join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.